0: If you would like to hear my current message series, you may call Butte Bible Fellowship at 530 8920521. Today's message is entitled Jesus Wants Us to Press On by Faith. Now, to understand Hebrews chapter 11, we really need to go to Hebrews chapter 12. Why? Because it gives the conclusion. It says, therefore, meaning based on what you just heard in chapter 11, we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses. Chapter 11 has the Hall of Faith, all of these faithful saints who fulfilled God's plan for their lives. And since we're surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and everything and the sin that so easily entangles, and let us run with perseverance, the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith. I love to set chapter 11 up for you by applying it to your life and mine. And how do we do that? Well, do you see how it says, run the race set before you? You and I have a race course that we're running. We're all running a marathon, a, a cross-country kind of run. Now, some of us have it easy. We're running on level ground, on soft grass, with a breeze blowing through our hair, or where our hair used to be. But others of you, you have a course in your life where you have nothing but rocks and boulders, and switchbacks, and all sorts of uh, obstacles in your course. But whatever course, whatever track you've been given to run your life, you're to run it by keeping your eyes on Jesus. You're to run it by faith. And this is a continuance of chapter 10, the just shall live by faith. So you have the just shall live by faith in chapter 10, and you see the conclusion, all these guys ran their life by faith, and uh, then you're ready to look at Hebrews chapter 11. But the attitude is, Lord, help me to have a faith that is looking beyond my trials and temptation unto Jesus. That's the bottom line. You've got a course to run. The only way to finish it is looking to Jesus. There are going to be trials and there are going to be temptations, but you look beyond those and keep your eyes fixed on Jesus. So with that in mind, let us look at Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1. Now, faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. This is what the ancients were commended for by God. Now I'm going to stick the phrase by God in Hebrews 11 where it's implied just to show you how much he is at the center of what we're talking about. By faith we understand that the universe was formed at God's command so that what is seen was not made out of what was visible. So what is faith? Faith is sure And certain the two words that are used confidence and assurance are the words meaning substance and proof or evidence so our faith is substantive it's solid our faith is provable it's evidence that demands a verdict we do not have an irrational faith we have a transrational faith. So our faith is not against reason. Our faith is beyond reason. It is something that is making sense, but it's something that is sensory beyond our senses. So in other words, faith has to have an object. Your faith is only as good as the object in which it's placed. So faith is believing in the character and the promises of God. That's what faith is. Faith is believing God exists. Faith is believing God is trustworthy. Faith is believing whatever God promises, He will fulfill. God is promising, uh, God, Faith is taking God, who is completely trustworthy, at His word to fulfill what He has promised. That's faith, and it's so sure, it's substantive, and it's evidence, it's proof, it's been proven. So praise God that we do not have a flimsy faith, we have a firm faith, and our firm faith rests in a great and awesome God. Now, Warren Wiersbe says if you were to look at chapter 11, you would learn these lessons about faith. That God works through faith and faith alone. That exercising faith is the only way to please Him and receive His blessing. That faith is a gift from God through the Word and the Spirit and it's not something we work up ourselves. And faith is always tested. At times it seems that trusting God is foolish, but faith always conquers in the end. So, if faith was an easy thing, then everyone would have faith because it's just easy. But when you have faith in God and His character and what He's promised, you're going to be tested. You're going to go through tough times. You're going to go towards a wall and wonder if God's going to open that wall with an entrance just when you get there. Because God wants to see if you're really leaning in on him that's the point that we lean in on god no matter what we face so let's look at the members of the hall of faith first of all abel by faith abel brought god a better offering than cain did by faith he was commended as righteous when god spoke well of his offerings By faith, Abel still speaks, even though he is dead. Now, what's important here is that Abel's sacrifice or offering was, number one, a blood offering, whereas Cain's was a sacrifice of grain. God has established that there's no forgiveness of sin except for where there's the remission of blood. Where there's a sacrifice of blood, there's the forgiveness of sin. God had to sacrifice animals in order to cover Adam and Eve and clothe their nakedness because they had sinned and sin had entered into the world. And so God was pleased with Adam's blood sacrifice. Secondly, God was pleased with the attitude by which Abel uh, offered this sacrifice. It was by faith. It wasn't here, just take this, God. It was, I offer this trusting in you, and offering my all with the gift I give to you. And then thirdly, his gift caused great uh, tension between him and his brother Cain, and his brother Cain took him for a walk, and he killed him, which represents the innocent dying. So we find later in chapter 11, in verses 23 to 24, you have come to God, the judge of all, to the spirits of the righteous made perfect, to Jesus the mediator of a new kind, and to the sprinkled blood that speaks of a better word than the blood of Abel. So if God commended Abel for his sacrifice and saw that he was killed even when he was innocent, the sacrifice of the innocent one, Jesus, who was completely sinless, he had no reason to be crucified on the cross, is a better sacrifice. Why? Because Jesus gave his innocent, sinless life for our sinful lives. He who knew no sin became sin that we might become the righteousness of God. So aren't you praising the Lord for this better sacrifice than even the blood of Abel? But yet the blood of Abel speaks today because it says there's one that's going to come who's innocent, who was sinless, who will give his life for the forgiveness of our sin. His blood will wash away our sins, and we praise God for that. Next we see Enoch. Enoch pleased God. By faith, Enoch was taken from this life so that he did not experience death. He could not be found because God had taken him away. Genesis 5:24. For before he was taken, he was commended as one who pleased God. Now this is very important because I want you to focus on that phrase as one who pleased God. How did Enoch, by faith, please God? Well, it says in Genesis uh, chapter 5 and uh, verse 24 that Enoch, Enoch walked with God and then he was no more. How did God How did Enoch please God? He walked with God. What does it mean to walk with God? It means he conversed with God, he had a relationship with God, He leaned on God, he relied upon God. He, he had all of his life in reference to his personal relationship with God, and God was so pleased with this faith, this reliance, this, this uh, dependency, this Intimacy that he said, Come on home. You're taking a walk, let's walk you all the way home. And so, this is an example. And the writer of Hebrews goes from this phrase, Enoch pleasing to God, to generalizing it to all of us. And without faith, it's impossible to please God, it's impossible to walk with God, it's impossible to have a relationship with God unless you have faith because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him so faith pleases god let's look at the next person noah noah is known for righteousness hebrews 11:7 by faith noah who warned by god when warned by god about things not yet seen in holy fear of god built an ark to save his family. By his faith, he condemned the world and became heir of the righteousness of God that is in keeping with faith. So the writer of Hebrews is expanding on that one phrase from Habakkuk 2.4 that he closed Hebrews 10 with, the just shall live by faith. How was Noah put right with God and made just? By faith. And Noah's faith in God, To build an ark over a long period of time when there was no sign of rain was condemning of the wickedness of his day. And God gave him righteousness, his own righteousness, God's own righteousness. It goes on to say, uh, here's 2 Peter 2.5, For if he, that is God, did not spare the ancient world when he brought the flood on its ungodly people, but protected Noah, a preacher of righteousness, and seven others. So Noah is known as righteous and a preacher of righteousness. Then we see Abraham and Sarah. By faith, Abraham, when called by God to go to a place he would later receive as his inheritance, obeyed and went, even though he did not know where he was going. By faith he made his home in the promised land. Like a stranger in a foreign country, he lived in tents. Now this is important that if you're going to please God, if you're going to walk with God, you've got to obey God. You've got to do what he says. You've got to follow through on his marching orders. So when God said, leave your people and go, he didn't tell him what the destiny was, but he um, went by faith. Shirley and I were uh, in a ministry where we were wondering what the future was, and we went to a summer camp at Forest Home, and there was a theme for that week, and it was called "Going Without Knowing." And we looked at each other, and we're like, "I think God has another step for us. He's going to call us to another ministry." And we've got to be obedient, be willing to go without going, to be going without knowing. And that's Abraham. He he left trusting the Lord to lead him, and the Lord led him. Also, it says uh, that uh, he was a stranger in a foreign country. He lived in tents, as did Isaac and Jacob, who were heirs with him of the same promise. For he was looking forward to the city with foundations whose architect and builder is God. So faith obeys, but if you read Hebrews 11 carefully, faith is always looking beyond our trials and temptations, even our opportunities and blessings, to what God ultimately has in mind, and that is being home in heaven with him, because the new Jerusalem is the city whose architect and builder is God. And by faith, even Sarah, who was past childbearing age, was enabled by God to bear children because she considered him faithful who had made the promise. So I love this because the Hall of Faith is an equal opportunity uh, chapter that talks about men and women, gives credit to Abraham and to Sarah, that when the angel said, this time next year you will have a son, um, God blessed Abraham and Sarah who were well beyond childbearing age uh, to be able to have little Isaac. So from this one man, and he as good as dead, came descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky and as countless as the sand of the seashore. Did you know that you, as a person who has trusted in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you are one of the descendants of Abraham? Because God has blessed all the world through uh, his seed, which is the Messiah, and when you trusted in Jesus, you became part of Abraham's family, and so we have Father Abraham, the father of faith, and we are part of the numerous descendants of Abraham. So faith looks forward. That emphasis is coming out. In verse 13, all these people who were still living by faith when they died, all these people were still living by faith when they died. They did not receive the things promised, they only saw them and welcomed them from a distance. Admitting that they were foreigners and strangers on earth, people who say such things show that they are looking for a country. Uh, they are looking for a country of their own. Now, here's something I want to say to you that's very important, and it's this: that faith is three things. I, I want to teach you this: that faith is triple A, triple A. Faith is an attitude. I'm going to trust in the Lord. I believe I can't save myself. I believe in the Lord saving me. It's an attitude that says, I trust you completely, 100%. But faith is an action. It's not just an attitude, but you act on that faith. And third, and this is very important, Hebrews 11, faith, is an alternative view of the world. If you look at the world with your eyes, you would think the best is to get everything that the world says is important. I want to get wealth, and I want to get fame, and I want to uh, uh, be able to live a comfortable life. That's what the world says. But when your eyes are on Jesus, and you're looking forward to heaven being with the Lord, then everything changes. Because what's important is to be conformed to the image of Christ. What's important is to be a witness for Christ. What's important is to hang on to the Lord no matter what you're going through. What's important is to glorify Jesus. That's what it's really all about. You have an alternative view of the world because you're living by faith, and that's what's being brought home here and watch this. Abraham, by faith, when tested by God, offered Isaac as a sacrifice, he who had embraced, he didn't just hold on to the promises or give lip service to the promises, he embraced the promises that God gave him, was about to sacrifice his one and only son, and even though God had said to him, it's through Isaac that your offspring will be reckoned, Abraham reasoned that God could even raise the dead. And so in a manner of speaking, he did receive Isaac back from death. He brought him up the hill, and uh, Isaac said, Dad, you you have the knife and you have the wood. Where's the sacrifice? And he said, God will provide. And so he ties up his son and in, in obedience. He lifts up the knife, and the Lord said, Stop. And there was a goat and stuck by its horns in the uh, bushes there, and he was able to sacrifice that instead. And he named that place uh, Jehovah-Jireh, that God will provide. My God who sees will provide. And it's on that very hill that Jesus died on the cross for our sins. Isn't that something? That Jesus was the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. But he believed in God, and he believed that God could raise from the dead. In Romans 4, 16 and 17, Paul says, Abraham is the father of us all, and as it is written, I have made you a father of many nations. He is our father in the sight of God, in whom he believed, the God who gives life to the dead and calls into being things that were not. Talk about the God who gives life to the dead. Abraham if he were standing right here, would say, that's God. God brings dead things to life. My wife's womb was dead. I was dead with regards to reproduction. But God brought that which was dead alive, and we had Isaac. I was told to sacrifice Isaac, and I believed God could raise him up from the dead. God, if you said so, okay. I followed through, and guess what? God gave them back to me, more alive than ever. And my legacy, my inheritance is through him. So that's faith. Of course, they mention Isaac, Jacob, and Joseph in Hebrews eleven twenty 20 to 22. Um, by faith, Isaac blessed Jacob and Esau in regards to their future. By faith, Jacob, when he was dying, blessed each of Joseph's sons and worshipped as he leaned on the top of his staff. By faith, Joseph... When his end was near, spoke about the exodus of the Israelites from Egypt and gave instructions concerning the burial of his bones. What does this have to do with faith? Because they believed in the future promise being fulfilled of what God said, Isaac blessed Jacob. Faith. Um, uh, Joseph said, I want my bones taken to Uh, The new land. So by faith, they were looking ahead, even though this life didn't look very promising. So then we go to Moses, and he's all about faith's reward. By faith, Moses, when he had grown up, refused to be known as the son of Pharaoh's daughter. He chose to be mistreated along with the people of God rather than to enjoy the fleeting pleasures of sin. He regarded disgrace for the sake of Christ as of greater value than the treasures of Egypt, because he was looking ahead to his reward. You have an alternative view of the world, so instead of wanting ease and comfort out of God's will, you want whatever it takes to do God's will and to look ahead to heaven and being with the Lord. Notice it says, by faith he left Egypt, not fearing the king's anger. He persevered because he saw him who is invisible. He's fixing his eyes on Jesus. By faith he kept the Passover and the application of blood so that the destroyer of the firstborn would not touch the firstborn of Israel. And that's what communion is. Communion is Passover, that the spirit of destruction passed over any house that had blood on the doorpost and we are covered and cleansed by the blood of Christ, and there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. We are passed over from condemnation and eternal punishment because our faith is in Jesus, and his blood has cleansed us completely. And then they mention uh, Israel, which is the Israelites, Joshua and Rahab. I'm not going to take the time to, to read that, but now we come to the section in Hebrews 11:32 32 to 35, where I call it the Others. We've mentioned all these people in the Hall of Faith, but now we're going to come to the Others. And the Others divides into two categories. They lived by faith and they were victorious. They lived by faith and they experienced seeming defeat. You remember the wonderful world of sports and how it started? with a, a skier coming down a slope, and it said the, the, uh, the world of victory and the world of defeat, and you see the crash and burn of the skier. Well, that's the two parts here. You could follow the Lord, and in your course, your racetrack, you might experience incredible feats of victory. But you might follow the Lord, and you might experience miserable times, of defeat. Either way, it's your faith that determines your faithfulness. It's not your victory stories. It's you hanging on to Jesus, whether you win or lose in this lifetime or not. So here we have it. And what more can we say? I do not have time to tell you about Gideon, Barak, Samson, Jephthah, about David and Samuel and the prophets who, through faith, conquered the kingdoms, administered justice, gained what was promised, who shut the mouths of lions, quenched the fury of the flames, and escaped the edge of the sword, whose weakness was turned to strength, and who became powerful in battle and routed foreign armies. Women received back their dead, raised to life again. Now right here is where the switch goes. We just mentioned all these victories, success stories, And now, in the middle of verse 35, we have those who did not have a race course that was victorious. There were others who were tortured, refusing to be released so that they might gain an even better resurrection. Some faced jeers and flogging and even chains and imprisonment. They were put to death by stoning, they were sawed in two, they were killed by the sword. They went about in sheepskins and goatskins, destitute, persecuted, and mistreated. The world was not worthy of them. They wandered in deserts and mountains, living in caves and in holes in the ground. The book, the chapter ends with this, These were all commended for their faith, yet none of them received what had been promised, since God had planned something better for us so that only together with us, would they be made perfect. So Jesus is the ultimate goal of faith. The people who lived in Old Testament times, they were looking by faith to the Lord, not realizing they were looking forward to the Messiah, to Jesus, who would be the sacrifice for their sins and the Lord of their lives. They were looking forward to Jesus. We who look, know Jesus, uh, trust in him, and we're looking forward to heaven, and we will be joined together and we will enjoy eternity forever. So Jesus is the goal of our faith. That's why we are to fix our eyes on Jesus, who's the pioneer and the perfecter of our faith. Only he makes us complete. Only he makes us perfect. Only his shed blood puts us right with a holy God. Jesus is the goal of faith. So I wanted to go through Hebrews 11 like this, so that instead of just looking at every single tree, we saw the whole forest and i hope you got the idea that we the just shall live by faith and that faith is an attitude it's an action and it's an alternative way of looking at the world it's looking beyond our trials and temptations it's looking beyond our opportunities and blessings to heaven to eternity to being with the lord so no matter what you're going through whether your race course is one of uh, roses and candies, or whether it's one of rocks and sticks being thrown at you, stay faithful. Hang on to the Lord. Fix your eyes up. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for the example we have. Thank you for all of these who have lived by faith and have looked towards the holy city of Jerusalem, the new Jerusalem that will come down from heaven to earth. Thank you that they did not live for this world, but for the world to come. Thank you that they believed your promises, took you as the trustworthy God that you are, and hung on to you by faith. Lord, whatever course of life you have for us, help us to live it looking to you and staying faithful. In Jesus' name, amen. Do you need encouragement? I want to share my spiritual gift of encouragement with you. If you would like to hear my current message series, you may call Butte Bible Fellowship at 530-892-0521. Call Butte Bible Fellowship at 530-892-0521 to find out how you can connect with our weekly worship services and faith-building messages from God's Word.